This podcast from Teacher is supported by Charles Sturt University's Master of Education, generic and with specialisations. Flexible online study that suits your life. Hello, from Teacher Magazine, I'm Jo Earp, and welcome to another episode of The Research Files. We recently brought you news of an Australian study showing that having a qualified teacher librarian on staff is associated with improved student literacy outcomes. Those findings stem from a 2019 census commissioned by the School Library Association of South Australia and carried out by a team from the Australian Council for Educational Research. The wide-ranging survey collected data on school library staffing, facilities, funding and support, and as you'll hear, researchers also carried out a review of every school website. The findings have been published in the report, School Libraries in South Australia, 2019 Census. Lead author, ACR Senior Research Fellow, Dr Catherine Dix, is my guest today. We'll be discussing the importance of school libraries, some of the different models being used by schools, provision in primary and secondary and in different locations, and the connection or disconnection between the value leaders place on their library and its representation on the school's public-facing website. Let's get started. Hi Catherine, welcome to the Research Files. This 2019 census that reached right across the state and across the school sectors as well, so government, Catholic and independent, how many were involved in total? Um, In South Australia we actually have 730 schools approximately um, and we wanted to get to all of them in order to provide for the first time in Australia a really clear understanding of the status of school library services. We did this through an online survey census uh, backed up by desk review of of the school websites themselves. And it was unique in the sense that it was actually um, targeted at school leaders wasn't it? Why did you target school leaders rather than, say, teacher librarians? Um, A lot of the challenges from previous surveys that have been done on school libraries have focused on the teacher librarian. And as you know, um, not all schools have teacher librarians. So immediately you get the challenge where schools um, don't think that they've got a teacher librarian on board, so this survey is not for them. So by focusing it at um, school leadership in general, um, we were hoping to reduce non-response bias, is what it's called. So when participants don't um, complete surveys because you know it's missing the mark or, or they don't feel like the survey is for them. Um, and because we took the census approach, we actually wanted every school to participate uh, and we didn't want to make any assumptions around who might be filling out that survey. Uh, it could be a, a volunteering parent that's filling out the survey because they're in charge of the, the library. Um, and we also know that some schools don't even have libraries. So um, you know, who does the survey go to then? That's interesting. We don't talk about the targeting of surveys too much on research files, but that's an interesting insight there into the decision making around that. Um, So what does the existing research say about school libraries? Why is having a school library important? Um, There's a lot of evidence that have come out of those previous surveys to show the links between um, students' literacy skills and and the importance of uh, 
libraries and librarians. So having a qualified teacher librarian in a school really strengthens the school's capacity to build that love of reading. Um, libraries themselves can provide a very strong um, sort of safe place for some students um, when you know other areas of the school may be um, not so friendly if there's bullying etc happening in the school. So uh, uh, quite often schools are you know refer to their libraries as um, you know the heart of the school you know it's a hub where lots of different activities happen um, that bring the school together as a community and across the school um, rather than just being isolated in the different classrooms so uh, you know we're really interested in finding out to what extent um, do schools actually have libraries these days what do those libraries look like in terms of their um, levels of access to technology technology um, and also in terms of other elements like you know are they maker spaces these days there's there's a lot of um, push for libraries to become so multi-purposed um, you know it's sort of hard to see you know you know what are they doing in the library se section alone um, it's one of those spaces in schools that um, can be quite easily encroached upon um, and so, you know, one of the things we did find out from this survey was that um, school libraries themselves were feeling that pressure to um, do more things, uh, actually leaving less space for them to actually do their core purpose, which was to, to provide literacy and reading resources for the school. You mentioned there the term qualified teacher librarian right at the start of your answer. And uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. The other thing is, what's the definition of a library? What schools saying libraries are in their context? And that's something we'll talk about too. So I want to go through some of the headline findings from this census then. Firstly, what did you find about the existence of school libraries? And a reminder, this is in South Australia. And uh, who were they staffed by? The model of library provision itself um, was extremely diverse. So again, we wanted to come in and be as inclusive and open as possible in terms of what schools mean by providing library um, resources. They um, can range from anything from a traditional, you know, centralised um, serving of resources, of books and um, technology, etc., right through to completely blended environment where there's a lot of resources online and some have gone completely uh, online, you know. So it's just all up in the cloud. You have um, a uh, portal that you go through and you can access to those reading resources and other information sources. Um, yeah, around 6% of schools in South Australia do not have a library. Um, with half accessing mobile or community libraries. So again, South Australia pr provides those additional challenges because we're such a um, distributed um, um, society. Um, we've got lots of remote, uh, remote and rural communities and um, they don't have the, the funds and sourcing of um, resources to be able to have their own libraries. So sometimes they need to take advantage of those um, mobile libraries. And a lot of the schools also make use of the local community library and some of those are joint libraries. So, you know, the library is jointly managed by both the community um, and the school themselves. And they have um, optional opening hours. So, you know, the, the public can come to the library after school hours of close but the the school itself gets um, access to the library during the day. So that would be about 94% of schools that do have a library. Who did you find that they were staffed by? Only 23% of school libraries are staffed by a qualified teacher librarian so that means the rest are staffed by 
um, librarians, but they're not teacher librarians, or they're um, qualified SSOs or non-qualified SSOs. So um, yeah, only 23%, which I think is um, quite indicative of the challenges that um, this section of the education space is having. Um, and we know that there is a lot of concern from the sort of teacher librarian um, cohort out there that, you know, even getting their jobs from year to year is getting increasingly hard because um, funding can sometimes take a hit and often it's the school library that seems to be the one that bears the brunt in reduced funding for purchasing books, um, reduced funding around, um, you know, staffing the library appropriately, etc. Um, what's really interesting is that it, there almost seems to be a direction, a trend where uh, school libraries, or schools by design, are not building in dedicated library spaces. They're, they're coming up with these distributed models where, you know, they might have a shelf here on that floor and a shelf down there on that floor, or the, the resources, the reading resources are actually um, located back in the classrooms um, and not centrally managed. So when those sorts of scenarios happen, you don't have that core person that's really focused on making sure, you know, all of the um, community is served best by the resources that are available. The community um, can't be brought up to date as to what um, best approaches and technology resources are out there. So a, a teacher, qualified teacher librarian um, is such a value add to a school in terms of the additional capacity that they bring above and beyond other curriculum areas. So um, to ha not have one, um, I think, is a disservice to the school community, potentially. You said there are 23% that only have qualified teacher librarians. And just reading in the report here, 51% um, of managing staff are not library qualified. 36% are managed by SSOs, that's school support officers, or education support officers. And they've got no library or teaching qualifications. Yeah. So they obviously go through the processes of managing resources, but um, you know there's not that ability to really advocate for what they're doing and why it's important. Um, yeah, so that I think is a, a sort of a, an increasing concern. And the smaller that voice gets, the easier it is to ignore it, I guess. Having been a teacher myself, having the expertise there in the shape of a qualified teacher librarian is important for classroom teachers and colleagues to call on. There's such a wealth of expertise and information there from people in that role. And um, quite often, you know, the school, I mean, the school in, in, in itself is there to help um, support particularly low socioeconomic communities um, that may not have easy access or, um, you know, a sense of importance around literacy and reading. You know, they might not often, as a family, um, visit the school, the local community library. So, you know, this is where libraries really come into their own in terms of exposing children to books, um, giving them the opportunity to find books they love uh, and really start to develop that love of learning and reading, really. We'll find out more about some of the common library models in schools and the value that leaders place on their school library after this quick message from our sponsor. You're listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine. Supported by Charles Sturt University's Master of Education, generic and with specialisations. As Australia's most experienced online university, at Charles Sturt you'll get the freedom to combine study and work so you can advance your career. Develop your leadership capabilities through specialist education expertise. 
Search Charles Sturt Master of Education to find out more. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr Catherine Dix. Um, you collected lots of data in the census about the facilities and resources. We mentioned earlier about some of the library models and we touched briefly on that. I'm really interested to dig down a bit deeper into what some of those common models are for schools in South Australia. Yeah, it's a challenge again, very diverse, um, and it's sort of a mixed combination of all of these different elements. Um, but in general, we found that around three quarters of schools followed a traditional format that provided access to a physical on-site library space. And usually this was equivalent to at least two standard classrooms, with some providing additional books distributed throughout the school, um, but they do not substantively use online resources. So this is that really traditional centralised model. Um, Technology is kind of there, but it's not a central part of information. Um, and these actually tended to be primary schools. And you can you imagine you know, picking up books, reading books, opening them, that kind of thing, where students' uh, technology skills are still developing, um, the ability to go and learn how to you know, go and find a book, you know, um, and, and um, learn from it is still really important as a skill. Um, about 13% of libraries had a blended model of access to both physical and virtual catalogue resources. These tended to be large secondary schools in high SES metropolitan areas. So you're starting to see distinctions between types of schools uh, and, and the libraries that serve them. We also found that a smaller... Um, so those combined smaller K-12 area schools were less likely to have on-site libraries. So basically they had no dedicated library space, um, but they had access to other options such as community libraries, um, joint libraries um, and mobile services. Um, and in, in one or two cases they had pop-up libraries, which I thought was quite nice, you know, bush libraries. Um, the larger schools did tend to have more dedicated space than smaller schools, as you could uh, imagine, um, and the high, high socioeconomic status schools um, and secondary schools in metropolitan locations tended to have more space than the low um, socioeconomic status schools um, and special schools or schools located in non-metropolitan regions. So, yeah, it's still... Still, I found it still quite compelling that some of the large high schools, though, don't actually have libraries. So if, if, if the school doesn't already value having a teacher librarian um, and doesn't involve them in the consultation of a design of a school, then that voice isn't getting heard at all. So, you know, the likelihood of a school being developed um, without one is increasing, I think, because, you know, we know that there are few fewer um, teacher librarians um, graduating um, and a diminishing number of positions for them. So there are lots of sections in the report and I'll pop a link to it in the transcript of this podcast on the teacher website so people can have a look through all the findings in detail. There's a section there on technology. What did you find? Um, over 90% of schools have the usual features like library shelving, quiet reading areas, etc. Um, but many of them also have uh, you know, use of technology and access of technology. And I think that's sort of been more crucial than ever um, during COVID-19 pandemic and um, you know, the need for students to actually do online learning and work from home. So where schools, and, and keep in mind this uh, census was done um, at the end of 2019, so before COVID-19 had hit, 
Um, and we saw uh, over that period um, when schools had to go online and deliver their learning online, uh, you know, there was you know, challenges in some communities about getting access to that technology. So laptops, you know, having children set up. So I think that's really probably pushed things forward, both for libraries as well, in terms of that engagement with technology. 86% um, of schools we found from the census had networked resources with laptops or tablets that be, can, can be used in the library. However, just over half had a desktop computer in the library or computer hubs for information access and to search the web. So again, there's those different models, you know, have they got a sort of fixed hub still, that kind of model, or is it a, a school that has BYO device, you know, so the, the, the students can come in um, and, you know, they can come into the library and access resources or actually they can be anywhere in the school and still access those online resources. And uh, one of the other sections that I found fascinating was the one on um, the culture of support for the library in a school. Uh, so what kind of value do leaders place on it and what kind of value does the school community place on it? And what did you find there in terms of leadership responses and how they compared with the review of the websites? Because what you actually did was you had a look at all of the public facing websites of the schools to see if the library was flagged up on those, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, um, this was just a, a, a different element I wanted to take. Because we were doing a census survey, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to find out to what extent were um, schools' views of their library reflected on their actual public-facing website? So, um, yeah, we sat down and went through all 730 <laughs> websites and came up with a bit of a rating system. So if... A, you went to a school website page and there on the front page was a button to the library, you know, navigation straight to the library, that got like the highest mark, so to speak, um, the highest score. Uh, it took you through to a dedicated library page and you could see, you know, it was book week, it was all of the activities, their opening hours, lots of rich information and you, you just got a sense that this was really a central part of the school you know, and that they were proud of it and it was up there front and centre alongside, you know, their sporting activities and their curriculum, etc. You know, it was held in pride of place. Um, it went all the way through to trying to even find evidence of a library, um, which might, something might appear in a school context statement. There was a budget line for library. Um, uh, yeah, so there were, and there was everything in between. Um, and on the basis of rating a school's library presence, um, we were able to then compare that to the survey results themselves to see if there was a relationship. And basically schools that are high, you know, had a high visibility of their library were more strongly valued by school leadership and by staff. So there was definitely a correlation, a relationship between um, the amount a library was made visible on a school's website to the public community um, and the way the school actually viewed their, their, their library as a resource and something to be proud of. And it, it's quite, quite interesting in that, I mean, every principal's tour of a school, they'll always take you through the library, assuming they've got one. <laughs> You know, and, and it's like a core central place of learning and engagement. Um, and yet so many schools don't promote that on their website. You know, it's lost down in a subsection of a page. Um, so sometimes it was really hard to find any evidence at all. And obviously there were those schools that 
um, we were able to match up with their survey responses that said, no, we don't have a library and, you know, like literally there was no evidence of that on their website. So they sort of, there was a good agreement between those sorts of reports. Um, the, the website also helped us to fill in some of those gaps. So not every school fully participated in the survey to doing every question, um, but we did follow up with schools that didn't submit a survey and ask them uh, a handful of high level questions uh, and also filled, backfilled some of that information with the evidence that we found in the library um, search of websites. So um, yeah, and that's how we achieved census, which I think was really important. Um, and can stand on the results to say that you know this is really a very strong and clear picture of what's going on um, and it's not subject to non-response bias um, that you might get through some of those other surveys. Absolutely so that's interesting to hear that those schools that said that they valued their library really did um, walk the walk as it were that's pleasing. Finally then it's quite hard to sum up I guess but what are some of the major implications of this census data not just for South Australia, which is where you did the research, but other schools and school libraries right across Australia. Yeah, sure. What is clear from this and other research in Australia is that there is challenging times ahead, particularly for the diminishing number of opportunities for qualified teacher librarians. When school budgets are insufficient, it's often the qualified teacher librarian who is replaced by an unqualified teacher or SSO. When schools exceed capacity, it is often the library that is encroached upon or converted for other purposes. More worryingly is the growing trend that new schools are being built without a library, by design, without consultation with a qualified teacher librarian during the design stage. For example, there's the $225 million Arthur Phillips High School in New South Wales has iHubs has for each level on different floors rather than a de dedicated centralised space in the form of a traditional library where students can be assisted to find books they love or find calm in a quiet, comfortable area to read them. So, as I mentioned, there's plenty from this census for listeners to look into. We've just touched on a few of those findings, and I definitely recommend having a look at the full report. A reminder that it's called School Libraries in South Australia, 2019 Census. Uh, Dr Catherine Diggs, it's been so interesting speaking to you today. Thanks for sharing your findings with the research files. Thank you very much for having me. That's all for this episode. If you want to keep listening, there are more than 60 episodes of the research files and more than 170 in total in our podcast archive. It includes Research Files episode 53, Building a School Reading Culture, where Dr Margaret Merger shares details of her study of teacher librarians' perceptions. In this snippet, she gives one piece of advice for educators wanting to develop and enhance their school reading culture. Well, the first thing um, that ideally can be done is the engagement of leadership support. If you don't already have your leadership on side, um, make them understand the importance that they can wield in their position as a leader in the school through acting as a model, an advocate for reading, for being present. So for example, one of the teacher librarians in the study described a previous leadership that came into the class and read to the first grade students during book week and the impression that they made on young people about the importance of reading. So it's really important um, to get the leadership on side. You can find the full episode on the teacher website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app to keep up to date with the latest from Teacher Magazine. And please rate and review us while you're there. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher.
supported by Charles Sturt University's Master of Education, generic and with specialisations. Search Charles Sturt Master of Education to find out more.